Hope Syndrome. This is Mick, and today we have another really special guest, Gwen. So I'm going to just introduce Gwen real quick. Gwen is a Philadelphia-based lifestyle content creator and writer. She is one of Morning Club's core creators and often hosts sessions focused around mental health, manifestation, and overall embracing our best selves. And today she's here to talk to us about her own journey with becoming her authentic self and overcoming a long past of imposter syndrome, something she still works on every day. Yeah, girl, I do too. <laughs> Yay, I'm so excited. So just for just for everyone's reference, though, Morning Club is a community to do like morning routines with. Yeah. I've been part of this community as well for a while. I discovered it like a couple months ago. Actually, I think I attended like one or two of your sessions, Gwen. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> it's really, really cool, really insightful. If anyone wants to, listening, wants to like join those, how often do you do like sessions with Morning Club? So I do them, usually I do one a month. Uh, it's a lot of, it's a much bigger platform now than it was when we started. Um, Chloe, the founder, originally reached out to me two years ago. And back then there were only six or seven of us. So I did it weekly. Um, so I had literally a weekly session, uh, probably for a solid six months. And then as we expanded, we, you know, had different themes and invited different people. So now I usually do one once a month. Um, and then I do like special ones. I'll host like some of the longer parties that are sometimes midday or um, like reoccurring sessions. Like I host a book club on there. And because the book club's like technically a specialer session, uh, we will add it in with my regular monthly session. But I usually do one a month. I love that. Also, I, I love Chloe. Oh my God, I love her. She's one of the sweetest, like just most, uh, such a kind person. I love her so much. Okay, so just to get back on track with the episode real quick. So the episode today is about being authentically you and overcoming imposter syndrome what I want to like pose is how can we truly like glow up because this this podcast is called glow up syndrome so how can we like truly glow up if we don't believe in ourselves and it's similar to I hear this a lot I listen to a lot of podcasts about manifesting too and I've heard them say that manifesting doesn't work sometimes because they're like negative energy blockages and it's kind of the same for when you're actually genuinely like committing to something and working towards a goal you have to like really have a positive mindset about that and that's what I want to focus on today there's just so much you can accomplish when you like believe in yourself and I think we have we have so much more control over our life outcomes than we think so really be intentional I think about number one being authentically ourselves and just overcoming that negative blockage that imposter syndrome so to start off, when you hear the phrase mm -hmm. being authentically you, Gwen, like what is the first thing you think of? I have thought about this um, very long and hard, I think, through the past few years of my life. Um, and I was actually talking to someone recently about this. Uh, I was telling them they were we were just talking about our characters and kind of who we are. And I was telling them I feel now in my 20s most uh similar to my 12 year old self and I think that is how I know not 12 maybe nine and like I think that is how I know that I have reached I like how there's a very specific age <laughs> yes it needs to be nine years old <laughs> that is how I know I've reached kind of my most authentic self and I've um you know all those growing pains you go through during your teenage years and also like 11 12 but then also like just entering my 20s kind of 
go away. Um, and obviously there's so many mindset practices that have gone into this, but I think that's kind of how I know I'm at my most authentic self is when, you know, I look at nine-year-old me and me and her are very similar in the way that we just like look at life and um, just want to have fun and our dreams for what we want to do. Um, everything is very similar. I think that's very comforting to me uh, to just be like, it's like a very down to earth approach to life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like my inner child is like finally who I actually am. Um, which obviously healing your inner child is a big part about, you know, like becoming who you are. Um, but I think it was a huge, it was a huge journey for me and it, uh, went through a lot of trial and error. And I think it started really when I was, I was going to say 16 to, to now, I mean, I'm still growing, you know, you're always growing and becoming your most authentic self, but I am happy to say that, like, I think that I am and anything past this point will just be changing instead of growing into something instead of growing yeah. into who I want to be. Cause I already am exactly who I want to be, which is another amazing feeling to have. Um, but it's so much like trial and error. I feel like, like when I was, you know, it started around 16. Yeah. You know, it just, this literally just reminds me of like you know when people say that they love being around children because children are just the most I don't know they will say like the utter truth no matter what yes yes it's just they're so happy they're so grounded in themselves and I think that's something that we really just lose sight of as we get older like we get into all these I guess pressures of life and 100% and we just don't we lose sight of really like what we want out of mm -hmm. life I think you don't think about what makes you happy you don't think about what drives you maybe even sometimes yeah. people lose sight of that all the time it's just about getting the shit done mm -hmm. getting to the goals so you don't even know why those are your goals like everyone just wants that career that, that oh my gosh exactly know? and wait yeah and I love what you just said um about just like the happiness of life and we like we forget to you know kind of enjoy like what, what makes us happy? Like that's what life is about at the end of the day. Um, this year has been a huge test for me in that just because me and my family were in a car accident like nine months ago, maybe a little less. And it puts- Did everyone come out? Everyone okay. came out okay. We actually are just like, we. this month is, July is going to be like a huge month of recovery for everyone where we're finally going to see life go back to normal a little bit for all of us. Uh -huh. um, yeah. And it puts into perspective, like- I remember afterwards, nothing mattered, nothing. I just wanted to stare at a wall. I didn't want to listen to Taylor Swift. It was like, I didn't, I did not yeah. want to do yeah. anything with my life. But then afterwards you start having that perspective of, you know, I literally just cannot stand to do things that don't make me happy. Um, and it reminded me of a few years ago. Yeah. I was listening to this pod podcast about being successful and what does success mean to you? And, you know, the woman in the podcast was saying, when you feel fulfilled, that means that is success. You are successful. That does not have to mean you are famous. That does not have to mean you're making, you're like in the highest paying job yeah. in your field. It's just literally. Everyone has their own definition exactly, of success. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so when you feel that um, fulfillment, like when you, you can recognize that little like butt of happiness in you, that, that is success. Uh, and it reminded me, like I started crying when I was listening to this podcast because like, I was, thought of my friends and I thought of um, my family. And when I spend time with them, like that is when I flourish. That's when I feel whole. And so this past year, that has been like of utmost important to, importance to me is spending time with the people that I love. And that is literally 
like that is success to me is like I've made it in life because I have that and I have that happiness yeah. and so now that happiness is what drives me it's like I just want to be happy every day I do like there's I'm wasting life if I'm not doing yeah. what I want to do no honestly day. honestly when I've had like a very similar realization not because of like nowhere near as bad as what happened to you happened to me but I had like a semester like a year and a half ago where I was like so burnt out I talked about this in like one of my previous podcast episodes so I'm not gonna elaborate but I no I literally just could not get up and have the motivation to do anything that I normally like I'm normally like very go 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 yeah like I will just like I'm very type a personality I want to get everything done and when I experienced that burnout I was like okay, why am I even doing this? Like, none of this mm-hmm. makes me happy. And yeah. so I went on a year abroad to the US. I was studying in the UK and then I went on a year abroad to the US. And I I like spent the whole year, like instead of like devoting myself to extracurriculars to put on like my CV, yeah. I spent the whole year just being like, okay, I'm going to join specifically things that will make me happy. Oh my gosh. So that's, that's how awesome. I actually found Morning Club. That's actually how I found Morning Club because, well, I joined I joined a cappella group. I joined a fitness community called Charge. And Charge collaborated with Morning Club. Oh my gosh. And I ended up like hosting that session um, on behalf of Charge together with Morning Club. Yeah. I met Chloe and then Chloe. I started going to morning club sessions because I was like, this is so aesthetic. I love the vibe. It makes oh, me so I happy. I love this. Chloe and I started talking and then I became a morning club ambassador and she oh came gosh. to Cornell to where I was sitting in the US yeah. and we hosted like a picnic together. And literally, Gwen, ever since then, I've just been so devoted to like my, I guess my, just my mental health, my self-care. Yeah. And morning club has really grounded me in that I was kind of going in that direction then I found morning club and that just Mm -hmm. really did it for me I think when you I think when you finally give up what you think you should be doing and you just start down a path mm -hmm. that feel like if that path is aligned you're gonna feel it you're gonna know it like the second that it clicks you're going to know and then just I feel like life just opens up yeah And see, at first, I thought I was gonna feel guilty. Yeah, but yeah. I, I literally did not. I I was just like going like day to day. The days were flying by so quickly. Actually, I didn't even have time to think about like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I was just happy, you know. Right, you're just in this flow state, and life is just going. I think when life begins to speed up like that, that's how you know that you're doing it right. Like you're really on that aligned path. And that that you're that's you're being you're that's that's you being your authentic self because you're one hundred percent. You're tuned in with yourself. I think being attuned to yourself is one of the key, for me, the key definitions of actually being your authentic self. It's like knowing, because I think first you have to actually listen to yourself. I think losing your authentic self starts from, mm-hmm. you just, again, what, what I was saying earlier. You listen to that external force. You listen to those external voices. Exactly, exactly. And that's, you know, kind of where can get a little confused but I think that's also something that comes with growing up and growth you know yeah, yeah. when you're younger you want everyone's opinion and then now I'm like I really don't give a fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> like what yep. anyone says like you can, do not care I'm still gonna do what I think is best for me at the end of the day um I've had I feel like I've had so many opportunities this month to or like this past spring really to reflect on that and choices given to me mm-hmm. 
And it's like what everyone would expect me to do, what what I think everyone wants me to do, but then what I actually did. And I also think a huge part of becoming your authentic self is realizing that really no one cares. Like everyone is just as worried as they're about their own life as they are yours. Like the only people that really care how good I'm doing in life is my parents. And they just want me to be happy. Yeah. So it gets up to me at the end of the day, you know, judgment really isn't real it's we're all perceiving ourselves way more than we're perceiving anyone else <laughs> exactly you you are literally your biggest critic literally, always it's always going to be like that you are your biggest critic everyone kind of has this I, okay I study psych I should know this concept I don't actually know what it's called but there's this concept that everyone literally just thinks they are the center mm-hmm. of the world and you know everything just revolves kind of around you I don't mean this as like people are like stuck up oh yeah that's just the ego like that's just the way that it is yeah yeah which is so interesting I was having a conversation with my friend recently she just she wants to get into social media um specifically like uh sports management whatever and she was saying she felt like so silly posting stuff like an influencer because people were going to judge her I was like girl if they do judge you it's going to be half a second and then they're never going to think about it again because they're so worried about themselves like they're so worried about how people are looking at them no one yep. cares if it's yep. going to further the career you want do it they're and, and probably they're probably thinking more about oh like do i enjoy this girl's content yeah, more it. than like actually judging whether you're putting out content 100%, like, it's 100 percent. I, and i just everyone's kind of just thinking for their own benefit mm-hmm. I guess yeah absolutely and that's okay like that's totally okay we just have to like take yeah, everything yeah. with a grain of salt because at the end of the day I'm like people aren't thinking about mm-hmm. me that much I'm gonna do what makes me happy <laughs> yeah yeah literally actually speaking of social media I wanted to talk about that yeah. today as well which is you you make videos on YouTube a little yeah. bit well I know you did before um I saw a few of your links um and I know you like speak on behalf of morning club on those sessions and you have like an online presence and I wonder how that ties into like being your authentic self like does that make it harder does it um I think so actually yes so it depends on the platform (laughs) um which is really interesting and something I'm trying to work on. So my YouTube channel, I started in eighth grade and I literally just started because, you know, like Bethany Whoa. Moda, um, yeah. my life is Ava. Amy Butowski is one of like still to this day, my one of my favorite YouTubers. I love YouTube. Um, it's my favorite platform. I love <laughs> to make videos. My genuine passion is in like the creating memories for me and my family and friends to watch back on we have so many I have so many videos that are like older on my channel that me and my friends will still like send to each other and watch I just my YouTube channel is like a time capsule for me and in that I've also gained this huge community of actually Taylor Swift fans because the one video I have had that has blown up was a Taylor Swift video um yeah so like that's kind of what my community is on YouTube and I think YouTube is where I do feel my most authentic self. Um I feel like I could tell anything to my camera and it like would not matter. I love my YouTube channel. That's like my baby, my passion project. <laughs> do you feel like you kind of draw in like I feel like what I'm hearing from what you're saying is that you eventually kind of just find your niche, like you put yourself out there and the people who are kind of interested in the same things yeah. as you are drawn to the same things as you. They will find they will, Yeah. It will happen. Yeah. And it also doesn't have to be, you know, I, I have come to a place in my life where I have a full-time job now. I don't need to worry about content creation being my full-time mm-hmm. job. I don't need to yeah. worry about making money. So I'm okay with like, I have almost 8,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. And it's like, if mm-hmm. I saw 8,000 people in a room, I would not be able to get them I'd be like whoa that's way too much but you know in this in this day and age where numbers are so fast growing that looks like nothing but 
Mm-hmm. If those people are enjoying my content, that's all I care about. I need five people to watch it. That's all I want. This literally reminds me of a reel that's been going around. I don't know if you heard that like real audio that's like a lot of you might think that might not care that I'm like putting out content or whatever, but like this many people do. And oh, then it yeah, like, yeah, zooms yeah, in yeah. I have heard of it. You have. And it's, it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. that actually really just like makes me feel like it, it doesn't, it genuinely doesn't matter. Like the numbers that you see in social media do not define you. It doesn't you. matter. No, absolutely. Because like, like we were kind of ties back to what mm-hmm. we were saying earlier. If it makes you happy, yeah, the exactly. number shouldn't matter at all. Um, And that's also just how I know like I'm on this right path. Because I'm like, I, I don't feel pressured. I just love it. Yeah, I think it's more like you're like, just think about how many people you're actually connecting with and impacting, mm-hmm. you're impacting their lives every day. And you don't even you you think yeah, people think 100%. more about the numbers now, and they don't realize that they're making all these connections along the way. Absolutely, and you forget like, to embrace those connections and feel like happy in that you're getting to know so many exactly. people. And yeah, you know, I mean, my YouTube channel, no matter how much it grows, it brought me Morning Club. That's where Chloe first found me. Is my 2021 mm-hmm. morning routine, and that has been insanely life-changing for me and I'm two years in now and I've met so many friends connections we're doing this like it has just brought me down this path of I love it even people I work with know about it and they're like hey you do that thing called morning club right and I'm like yeah it's like so cool oh Um, my god I love that for you yeah so YouTube is like my baby and I love her and I will nourish her forever um I do feel at Instagram we have a different relationship me and her have gone there a lot I think out of all the platforms that's the one that's going to make me most anxious that's the one that I'm gonna need to get off of sometimes um that's the one that's gonna make me feel that pressure that I don't like in my life that I'm like hey I'm about mm-hmm. this like why am I worrying about Instagram likes and what my feed looks like you know yeah. all these things that I really you know at the end of the day don't care about like and there's no reason to care about it it's more just like do it for you don't do it for other people if yeah, you like 100%. having that aesthetic feed if that's what makes you makes you happy, do that. But yeah. don't do it for anyone else because that's not going to bring you happiness long term. Because when you're doing it for anyone else, it's so exhausting. And it's like, this just literally app. Like, I don't need to be ran by you. Yeah. Um, my Instagram, I feel like the past year has just turned into a photo dump account. And I'm like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's honestly no, fine. I love like, posting on my Instagram good. stories because it's like a memory like a trip down memory lane for me sometimes I'll be like I'll just post and post and then I'll look at the archive my stories archive or something and I'll like be like oh my god this day last year I was doing this I know oh my gosh I love that (laughs) I love that something I think uh, a lot about as I've been growing up and kind of um learning to value different things and just become our most authentic selves um social media if you don't let it be is really not that toxic like if yeah you just don't let it be toxic I don't I don't look at I don't watch like gossip videos I don't look Mm -hmm. at uh like toxic comments on threads if I'm watching a video and I know the comments are gonna be bad uh and like it'll make me angry I'll just swipe by it like it really social media doesn't have to be toxic if you don't let it yeah or like you can mute you have the option. You have the option these yeah, days to like, mute, like people, unfollow, block, like just just screen it to like sorry, narrow it down to like whatever you want to actually be seen, yeah. whatever you want to make kind of Yeah, a, what a you consume is life. up to you and what you consume definitely does affect your mental health, but it's up to you to what you're watching. And um so I don't think social media has to be a toxic place for me. It's really at this point like 
so freaking fun my tiktok is just silly it's just silly girls doing silly things like i love that (laughs) (laughs) no first thing i noticed about your account the authenticity which is why i had the idea for this topic actually because it literally just emanates from me i'm like this girl is like so down to earth she's like so cool (laughs) i'm gonna be blushing (laughs) speaking of another thing that you've touched on a lot which i know you also have sessions about you talk a lot about on your on your um social media feed is shadow work i want to just touch on that really quick before we move on to talking about imposter syndrome so can you explain a bit like what is shadow work and what do you like love about it like why shadow work Okay, yeah. Shadow work is working with your unconscious mind to uncover slash release repressed parts of yourself to develop a self-awareness, self-acceptance, and compassion. Um, I think compassion is one of the most important parts of this definition is, you know, you're working to not only accept yourself, but accept everything that comes to you and everyone around you. To have that level of maybe not empathy, but sympathy for every single person you see and what they're going through, for people who hurt you, for people who you don't understand, you know, making sure you're going through life with a level of compassion just softens life. It just softens everything. It softens your reactions. It softens your pain. Um, And I think that's kind of what I've been working for my whole life. Um, I started shadow work probably when I was about 16. I was going through a really, really bad breakup. My first breakup, it was terrible. The whole school knew just like the most dramatic thing that had ever happened to me. Um, But it was really, really painful. And I just remember laying in my bed one night and I was like, I should not feel like this. Like why I'm drowning. I I didn't, not that I, uh, I just, I didn't want to wake up in the morning anymore. That's like how this breakup was kind of going. I also went through a very similar thing. My senior year of high school broke up with someone. The whole school was talking about it. I can, I feel you girl. So oh, <laughs> also the worst feeling Like there's nothing. I wish so bad that I could just go and give 16 year old me the biggest hug and be like, girl, yeah so much is being done to you right now mm-hmm. that's not okay like yeah. it's not okay yeah. and I'm so sorry but it's something I feel like I totally had to go through um but that's kind of when I started my journey with manifestation mm-hmm. and then that's how I felt shadow yeah um and you know these types of situations in life bring out not the prettiest sides in people and that's when I started to realize that I don't have I don't have good reactions to people mm-hmm. I, I let people affect me way too much um I sometimes say the things I shouldn't, you know, I was clinging really, I hold on way too tight to things. Like I need to let go. I need to learn to let go. And this is still my life lesson to this day. Literally same. Sometimes I can be like short tempered, but what, what matters is like, you're recognizing these things in yourself, right? That is the first step. Like in, in any program in life, that is like what the first step is, is just acceptance. But I was just like clinging so hard to keep everything perfect. And I, can't do that all the time you have to let things unravel and you have to like that's where I learned you have to let people talk about you so I found shadow work and I was like what is this this is interesting you know when I first found it I found it through um a podcast mindset magic and manifestation with Michaela J uh which is my favorite manifestation podcast and I found it so interesting and I was like wait this sounds kind of terrible why would you do that (laughs) um because people make it seem really like you're gonna come out of it crying you're gonna you know you're gonna need a bath afterwards it's so draining and um so I tried doing it I tried you know writing all these awful things about myself and I was like I don't really feel anything I just kind of it doesn't even make me feel bad about myself I was just like why am I doing this so I found my own ways to do it um and my favorite way is uh, uh, 
a journal prompt I've talked about a lot. It's what is unsolved in your heart. And that's kind of what I write for myself at the top. I got that from a co-star notification one day. That was like my co-star David Lance, but I've used it as a journal prompt uh, for years now. And it just kind of, you, you get to write under that page, you know, what is unsolved? What is bothering me right now? And I don't have to put it on myself, but I can put it out on that page. I love the way that question is worded. Yeah, you're like, what is unsolved? What's unsolved in my heart? Um, and I think it's a softer way of putting it. And so I would write there kind of everything that was making me anxious and I would just leave it. I would leave it be. I didn't have to solve it. Um, there wasn't a pressure to solve it. And then somehow just after putting it on the page, it would just unravel itself. And that's kind of how I would get through everything. Um, and then also reading. I would just... Um, read and read and read and read and I would write how the reading made me feel um and I would find desperately find ways to connect what I was reading to my real life and I don't know why this felt like shadow work to me but it did because I would see myself in characters and I would see things that they did that I didn't like but I knew I did and I was like I'm being like let me change that real quick um reading and writing just changed my life I know, me too. Like, I love that about reading. Honestly, we have so many, like, interests in common. I I love love reading because it kind of just transports you to another world. You can relate to the character, Mm -hmm. but you can also kind of, if you know that you're kind of relating to the character, you can see yourself from outside of your own, like an out-of-body experience type of thing. 100%. And I get what you mean about, like, you get to reflect, to reflect on your, I don't know, the way you've become, like, who you are, who you have been. And just figure out your own strengths and weaknesses, your Absolutely. what you want out of life. All of these things that we typically reflect about, you know. Um, yeah. Shadow work is like, I feel I like that. it's like self-guided therapy. Like truly, I really yeah. do feel like that. Um, and I, I remember, so reading and then writing and I would write poetry. I went to an art school. So um, mm-hmm. creative writing and theater that this, these kind of things were always oh my God. in my life. Wait, we are on the same wavelength. I literally <laughs> almost went to college to major in creative writing. <laughs> so that's like what I did. So I would write poetry, but it would be like really, really dark. If you read this, you'd be like, what? How was my this world? Like, what's going through? But that was my shadow work. I was putting every dark negative energy onto the page. It made some damn good poetry but it was out there now um <laughs> yeah and I got to leave it alone and it like every time I would write down I would feel like I would feel like a like a tumbleweed almost or like a, a tornado before I wrote it mm-hmm. and then as soon as I wrote it it was just like a calm after the storm and I like just like quiet and I was, oh my brain's quiet because I feel like my brain was screaming because you get to you get to kind of sort through your thoughts and untangle them and and just be like okay yes, so, it's like an untangling yeah. it's like an untangling of my soul writing has always felt like that for me I think sometimes we feel a lot and it's associated with our thoughts but we don't actually know what we're thinking we don't know what's going on in there mm-hmm. so for me that's that's one of the biggest values of shadow work that I yes. tried for the first time in one of your morning club sessions um and I just get to like untangle everything and 100% I think yeah when you give your thoughts like that, a visualization, like a tangled knot of string or a tornado or something, when you when you visualize it, it becomes less scary. And when you begin to break it apart like that, as if you are visualizing it, it makes it so much more simple. Um, and I remember the first time I knew shadow work worked is I was reading a book. I still have it. It's uh, Words in Deep Blue. I was 16 years old. I was 
I had literally felt terrible every single day for seven months. Like I didn't feel like my normal self. I've always been a very happy, go lucky person. Granted, I was 16. So like angst is required. You have to go through something like that when you're 16. But I, um, I finished, it was, it's a book called Words in Deep Blue. And I came to the last page and I don't know why, but something about it just clicked. And I put, I ended the book. I put it down. I was at the beach. I was looking at the ocean and I was like, oh my gosh. I feel like myself today. And it just happened out of the blue. And, you know, you're doing all this inner work and every day you're like, okay, do I feel better? Do I feel better? And you don't feel better. And it was finally when I just stopped trying and just did what was meant for me to do. I did my journal work. I took my walks. I meditated. I did everything I needed to do. And I stopped thinking about constantly being better is when I finally became better. And I was like, oh, man, I feel like myself today. I remember I told my mom, I went upstairs, I was like, I didn't think about my ex one time today. I didn't cry. And I also didn't feel bad about who I am today. And that was a huge accomplishment for me. I remember it was like coming up out from underwater. You're you're at peace. You're at peace. I think that's that's the word for it. Going back to like inner peace, I want to summarize kind of some tips for embodying authenticity because I kind of want to move on to like imposter syndrome. So what would you say is like your top tip for embodying authenticity just so that like so people have something to take away from this listen to your inner child listen to who you were when you were nine years old what did you want for yourself then not I mean obviously you changed and your dreams can be different but um listen to that person inside of you the person that just you know wants to do whatever they want external thoughts can't be part of your growth to authenticity Mm -hmm. so Um, I think it's really about listening to your inner child because all healing starts with your inner child. Um, Even if something didn't happen Mm -hmm. to you as a child that was uh, uh, traumatic or anything, you know, that's where you start, I think. Um, And then that's where you grow from. I I could sit here all day and be like, oh, you can't like, you can't let people talk about you. You can't listen to what people say at the end of the day, you know, people are going to, you're going to listen. And those thoughts are always going to be there. So it's really just Mm -hmm. about um, coming from a place of what is best for you? What makes you happy? Mm -hmm. And just um, go on with that. Because I think if you do what makes you happy, that's all that matters in life. We have one life. This is it. Like, uh, this is like 10 tips. I know. I'm sorry. I'm going on a tangent. (laughs) We have literally, this is it. This is literally all you have. Wait, I have the perfect. I have literally the perfect quote for that one. I my takeaway was literally was literally I took this from your session yeah, actually doing that. the inner work the inner child work I I wrote it down here I wrote something along the lines of like embracing the moment also means like embracing your past and future just as equally because my realization my breakthrough was that remember that where you are now was once the future 100%. you dreamed of and the future you currently dream of will someday become your present and so you're constantly just living for what like your past your Absolutely. future and you're never actually living I and love enjoying that. the moment and you're taking everything for granted I don't I don't ever want to take things yeah. for granted life is too short for that this is all we have like just make the most of it I don't care what that means I don't care what other people think of me I don't care you know you gotta do what's best for you this is it this is all you've got and speaking of other people I think that's a good segue point to imposter syndrome <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> I think we tend to focus too much about too much on what other people will say about what we're doing, where we at, are at in life, 
I mean, we're both in our 20s. Yeah. I think everyone's kind of just always asking us like so where's your career taking you do you have a boyfriend are oh you gonna gosh. you know do you the worst thing in the world <laughs> and and then and then you start to kind of get in your head about all of that and you're like I'm living yeah. up to everyone's expectations and I think that's where that's mm-hmm. where imposter syndrome is rooted you're living for the people around you you're not living for yourself a lot you're comparing yeah. yourself and kind of setting yourself above or below a standard and you just are not thinking about again what we were talking about what makes me happy am I happy with my own work not are other people happy with my own work so I think the biggest thing for overcoming imposter syndrome is to realize that if you are happy with where you're at if you feel like you're giving your best then that's really all that matters. You can't like judge yourself by other people's standards. Yeah, that's it. That is it. Like that's all that matters. Kind of going back to, you know, our authentic self. If you are happy, that is all that matters. And easier said than done. Easier said than done. (laughs) Yeah, oh, easier said than done, 100%. Sorry, I'm like playing with this wire. (laughs) I have had um, (laughs) so many experiences with imposter syndrome and I didn't know there was a definition for it until probably about two years ago. And it's funny because it's something I've struggled with my whole life. Um, It's also something that has made me quit like so many things that I loved. I was a dancer for nine years and I quit because I didn't think I was good enough. And um, and I thought, I felt like I was faking it, even though I had been a dancer for nine years, I still felt like I was faking it. And I was like, so I quit. So I was like, I'm just going to give up. That's, I think something that I've worked on a lot this past year is I was a huge quitter before. Um, mm-hmm. same thing with acting. I was a theater major and I quit. I was like, I never want to be on a stage again. I'm not good enough. Everyone else is better than me. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't, mm-hmm. I can't love it. And that doesn't mean I can't do it. Um, which wasn't true. You know, obviously, you know, like I, I, um, I was in class for it for four years, you know, I worked with it. Why, you know, why do I think that I couldn't do it? Um, I don't know, but I quit it. And then that is something that I'm working with right now with writing. Um, always wanted to be a writer. I think that's my longest, longest standing dream. I have a lot of passions, but this has been the one where I was Mm -hmm. like, I was 10 years old saying I was going to publish a book one day. And, um, yeah. So I finally just, it's been two years uh, that I've been developing this story for a novel and I finally just kind of broke it open. I know how it's going to go now. Wait, this is so cool. You're writing a novel? Yeah, I'm so excited. But I realized- I need to know when this is out. (laughs) I will. Everyone will know. (laughs) Not to to add pressure, but but I know you're going to do it. You seem very committed. I'm like, it's my whole life. You've been in Morning Club. You've been in Morning Club for two years. I feel like you're- you are like a very committed person and I can see you like I have to work at it though which is I love that you perceive me as that but I have to work so hard to not quit something (laughs) like so so hard because of imposter syndrome because I constantly feel like I'm faking it so I'm like Uh obviously I went to art school I know all these writers that are probably better than me and that you know all these things and I read all these books and I'm like I couldn't write this but then a few months ago I read a book and I loved the book the book was great but I was like Mm-hmm. I could have wrote this and this was when I was writing like mm-hmm. I've been writing this book for two years now and only got like 70 pages in so I was like I'm gonna revamp this I bought a writing software um I did like character work I've been doing so much work over the past six months to make this what it is and now I'm 
I have an That's entire so outline. Cool. I have every chapter. I'm halfway through. I'm like, well, now it has to be something because I've literally put in Girl, so much as, work. <laughs> as someone who's, I've literally tried to do the exact same thing. I've never written a novel before. The <laughs> most I've gotten was like short stories. I yeah. will say that is such a huge accomplishment. Like, right, like this in itself. Congrats so I was to listening even, to, I don't even know what yeah. I was listening to. Probably like a tarot card reading on YouTube because I do that. But um, yeah. she said to me, I was like kind of tuning it out. And then the lady goes, uh, she was like, I feel like you're struggling with getting something done. And like, you're just chasing your biggest dream. And she was like, she was like, I don't know why I'm hearing this, but you don't have to write a New York Times bestseller. Just write the damn book. And I was like, I was like, ah! <laughs> Yep, um, yep. So now I'm this far in and I, every day I struggle with imposter syndrome. I'm like, who? like, I, I don't have a degree in this. Like, are people going to think all these mm-hmm. things of me? But there's so many authors that I read that don't, Maya Angelou didn't freaking have, not that I'm Maya Angelou or like F. Scott Fitzgerald, not that I'm mm-hmm. him either. Um, but amazing authors that don't have a degree yeah. or that just wrote, a, like just, they just wrote, like writing is their passion. And yep. I know that writing is my passion. Going back to what we were talking about earlier is like this path just feels so aligned. I'm just tumbling down it at like the speed of light and it's just getting better. And I just feel more. No, it's right. It, you know, and so I'm starting to finally yeah. like my old poetry that I wrote that like I never did anything with. I'm starting to kind of like throw it into my photo dumps on Instagram. And I changed my little handle to like, instead of like personal blog, I changed it to writer. And I'm like, I love that for you. It's given me a heart attack, but at the same time, like no one noticed, no one's judging me. No one cares. Mm-hmm. No one's telling me I can't do it. Or they're expecting like, when's the book coming out? Like no one cares. And it's been kind of relieving that imposter syndrome. <laughs> the only opinion that matters is your own. Yeah. And it's kind of like, so exactly. I, have, I have two things to say. First is literally, okay. With regards to feeling like it's never good enough. I, I think that's a common theme in writing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're all, they always say you're like editing forever and ever and the editing process yeah. will never end. Yeah. <laughs> With to that, I think that, again, we are our own biggest critic, but also we don't see the strengths that we actually have. Like you were saying earlier, I love that you see me that way. Yeah, I go, you mean like you perceive me in a different way than I, I'm like, I don't feel like, yeah. You're never really like as, I guess, bad as you make yourself sound in your head. Second thing I was gonna say is my my biggest theme with regards to imposter syndrome is fake it till you make it. So it's literally this is like one of my life mottos, I swear. Like I will literally just throw myself into the scariest thing. You can fall, you can like embarrass yourself, but just pretend that you know what you were doing, life will work out. Because my 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 thinking is always do your best and then let luck, let life do the rest, you know? Also, literally, I was going to insert this, but there's literally like a scientific grounding behind fake it till you make it. There's this thing called the Hebbian principle. Okay, I'm literally such a psychology geek. I love that. I love that. Wait, please tell me about it because truly, I I this is actually how I got my job. I'm a manager at like a major company clothing store. I didn't even work retail before this. And they were like, do you want to be a manager? I knew nothing about it. I uh-huh. just, I was like, I'm just gonna, I literally wrote in my journal. I wish I had it on me, but I wish I could oh show God. you. I'm like, I'm just going to pretend like I am literally just flying through this pretending. And you're like doing it. Doing. And you're doing it. And now and I'm six months in. Now I'm like, it's my job. I know exactly how to do it. I could go to any store and do it. But then I was like, I'm just going to pretend I know yeah. what I'm doing. And, I, and it worked. It's, it's actually really, really simple. I feel like this is going to make so much sense. And you probably know this deep down already, but like our brains like have neurons that fire, you know, they, they fire when you have yeah. 
when it they're faced with certain stimuli. And so you can make those neurons fire. They're, they're not just going to fire like under like some, how do I say this, like automatic pretense. You can actually make them yeah. fire by, yeah. again, by faking it. You know, yeah. you, you tell your brain, I'm good at this, I can do this. Yeah. And then you do it. Once you do it, those neurons kind of start to form like a connection. And then you do it over and over and oh over and God. over again. And then that it's called a link. So that link becomes a wire, which is like a way more solid connection. And it's psychological conditioning, you know, eventually those neurons will just like fire naturally. And you, you won't even be, you won't be faking it anymore because your brain actually knows what's going on. It's like, okay, I know this, I know how to do this. And that's, that's you. That is so cool. Wait, that's so cool to learn because I'm literally going through that. So that's so cool. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's so awesome. That's how you get from fake it to make yeah. it, you know? Yeah, and fake it till you make it is something like my mom has always said to me. And I feel like I do it with everything in my life. And it just always works out. Another term that my mom and aunt have kind of always instilled in me is everything always works out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah. I know some people are like, that is so stuck up in bleh. But even when I was like, I was in the ambulance and I had yeah. uh, after the accident and I, I didn't know where my family was was I like knew nothing but I'm laying there scariest moment of my life I have the worst anxiety mm-hmm. and I already have anxiety I'm laying there and I'm like yeah but everything always works out for me so yeah make it, make it. And, it, and everything was and like here I am six months later my life is even better what I say throughout this podcast this is a this is actually a very recurring theme for my podcast this is like the basis of my podcast is actually technically fake until you make it because because I always say that what you were saying like life will work out you just have to put yourself out there you have to put in the work that you know you can do and then trust that it will work out yourself to your life yeah it won't just work out if you like sit there and do nothing obviously but like you're putting yourself out there that's what matters exactly Mm -hmm. but you have to take that action like if you're taking action it's going to like something will work out you know life will take its course with regards to imposter syndrome I think that is another huge thing is that putting yourself out there does not make you an imposter it actually makes you the opposite because what would make you an imposter what would make you because imposter implies like failure you know what would make you an imposter what would make you fail is actually not putting yourself out there and not doing the work not trying something that's new to you not like if you're open to learning and growing you're never an imposter like ever exactly exactly yeah. So relieving to remember, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I'm I had a very I always I mean everyone feels imposter syndrome. I think for yeah. me it was I went to again, I went on a year abroad mm-hmm. to the US. I actually went on a year abroad to an Ivy League university to Cornell. And when I got there, I was terrified, Gwen. I was I'm like, sure. okay, these people are so smart. I was telling myself I was like I'm not even a real student I'm just an exchange student and I would kind of in my classes and stuff yeah no I got through it I got through it with like an incredible GPA and I was just faking it till I made it I was like you know at first I was really worried I was like these people are so smart they all have like all these accomplishments they know what they're doing and then I realized no like I put myself I'm, I'm like here I'm here right now all I have to do is 
yeah you got there for a reason you know it's it's also literally just if i'm there in that environment and i do the things that they're doing then that in itself will that's you yeah that will make me i guess like a bit more knowledgeable i can know what i'm doing Mm -hmm. if i put myself out there and also just practice 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 and you know so I I just worked really hard and I was like wow this is like towards the end of the year I was like this actually worked out really well and you know really great and now you can say you have a year of Cornell under your belt like that's insane exactly with like a a GPA that I literally (laughs) never ever expected to get and I'm like oh Oh my god that's amazing (sighs) that's so cool and great I love that I love that. Congratulations. Thank by the you. Way. But now I'm like, I'm I'm doing like three research projects. Okay, I have to say I've always kind of disliked research because I'm like all these yeah. statistics, all these, you know, psychological research. You have to look at all these yeah. statistics, you have to do all this coding. And I'm like, fuck, I hate coding. I hate statistics. And okay I really want to get into a good grad school so I was like I have to do research if I want to get there so I again I just put myself in that situation I was like fake it till you make it so I applied for all these research grants I applied to be research assistants now I'm like a research assistant for a romance lab which is so cool I'm also doing like lab work on like children children's trauma children's mental health and I literally I received a research grant to do it. And I was like, okay, why do they trust me to like do something that I don't even know how to do? I'm like, this is so scary. Again, the imposter syndrome has been kicking in, but I'm just reminding myself. But you're going to do it. Exactly. Okay. And you're going to come out of it a bigger Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm telling myself. I can be completely clueless and I know I will be fine because I'm putting in the work and I'm putting myself out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I feel like a huge part of imposter syndrome is instead of being scared of these, like being feeling like, like instead of thinking that we are unworthy of these opportunities being given to us, just be appreciative that we're even getting the opportunity. Like instead of being scared, man, exactly. I can't do this, just being like, oh my God, this is crazy that I even have this opportunity. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. Yeah, and if you yeah. go into it from a place of yeah. gratitude, you can only go up from there. I, I love that. I think that's a great way to end this episode, actually, is just being grateful for the opportunities yeah. that we have in life 100%. and not thinking about them as negative things yeah like like we have I mean the fact that we're here talking right I'm now so, like, like I was so excited to wake up this morning and do this you know like yeah but then in the back of my head I could be like I could literally be like oh my gosh like I just started this podcast I don't know what I'm doing but I can think of it instead as like I'm so grateful that I get to have a beautiful conversation with someone who's like so cool, so down to earth. And that's just the way you have to frame your thoughts. Yeah, you know? like me, I feel like, you know, I definitely had the thought when you asked me to do it. I was like, oh, like I'm a really small creator. I don't really do anything. But in the at the end of the day, I can switch that and be like, I'm so honored to have this conversation with someone so knowledgeable and to actually bring something to this. Like, I'm so excited that I even had anything to say, you know, like so grateful that like, just so grateful for every single thing life brings me always. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if I have anything else to add. I want to end this covered a lot with, so one thing I would say I'm grateful for today is having the opportunity 
to wake up in the morning and get on the grind and like I woke up this morning and I was just feeling so amazing you know you have those days where you're a bit more productive than usual I woke up I was like I did my skincare I got my matcha and I was like I, I finished all my work so quickly and I was like oh my god I'm so happy I had one of these days so that's that's my big so far for the day I like that I like it yeah let's do that like a, that's you know that's how I when I had weekly morning club sessions that's always how I ended them was with gratitude and like yeah honestly mine's gonna be really broad but what I'm so grateful for mm-hmm. today is just life's opportunities in general I'm so grateful for every single opportunity the good and the bad mm-hmm. that I've ever been given um just like I mean obviously this one this was like the biggest honor I was so excited when Chloe told me but I'm just so grateful that I keep getting these amazing opportunities that lead me down the best path in life like I can't even believe that I'm here honestly yeah no Gwen I'm I'm just so glad we got to talk this is like I mean this is the first time we're actually really talking yeah and we have so I feel like it's flowing (laughs) it's flowing it's flowing (laughs) I think we're both just like very I don't know I'm I'm awkward I'm anxious I'm I just embrace it (laughs) it's talking to the queen of it too yeah embracing it right that's and that's what we talked about it's all about just embracing every part of ourselves yeah before I started this episode I was like oh my god Gwen will like see through me and be like she does not know what she's doing but like no I love that we're just we're just like vibing this that's it we're just vibing absolutely and that's just like that's what life is about yep yep anyway okay this is getting really lengthy so I think everyone else kind of would love to connect with you as well in the same way I have so I'm just gonna plug in your well plug in your handles in the show notes but if you want to tell everyone your insta handle your youtube handle anything else that you want to plug in yeah um I feel like uh instagram is probably what I'm most active on so my instagram is at gwyneth caroline it's g-w-e-n-y-t-h-c-a-r-o-l-i-n-e um so (laughs) I have a really long name and then same thing on YouTube. I'll plug it into the show notes. So, okay, go great. I'm going to like look at your Taylor Swift YouTube videos and just manifest getting those fucking tickets in the next, I don't know how many months. <laughs> oh my God, good luck getting your tickets out. Thank you oh my so God. much. To end this episode, I'm just going to also plug in my own handles. It's at Glow Up Syndrome on Instagram. And my yeah. personal insta is at underscore Michaela Dizon. And for everyone listening, if you want to rate the pod on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening, that would also be great. Yes. <laughs> That's it for today. Rate it. Um, I'm going to say thank you, everyone, and bye.